Welcome, welcome, fantasy come football. On, come on to a wonderful show. All right, here we go. Episode two, start another day, covering our sleepers and some of our long shot picks of the up for the upcoming season. Um, I know we kind of covered a lot of running backs and stuff last episode, so we're just going to cover some of the other players we didn't get to talk about that we like to talk about. But running backs are important. Running backs are important. I want to state that right off the bat. Receivers, more important. Sam knows that my personal fre- preference when it comes to position, I just love receivers. Um, to what my, my feeling about it is, what I always say, is uh, the running backs are the key to being competitive, but your wide receivers are the key to winning championships. And that changes a little bit from time to time wherever you're going, but it is. but that's how I feel and view Fancy football. Which is true. Running backs definitely provide the short impact, highest score, biggest impact. They really build your floor. They said, yeah. though, I always feel like your running backs and your quarterback set your floor. And your wide receivers and your tight end, if you get one of those special tight ends, are the teams that can elevate you to being the top scoring team. That's a very good way to say that. I like that a lot. I play a lot of Dynasty as well. Receivers just have a much longer shelf life than running backs and i bet we will get into a little bit of dynasty discussion um in this episode today because that's a fascinating way and it's a much different way of looking at players based on their longevity versus their one-year value if there's anyone here that is playing a redraft league year after year with the same people you should have the conversation with your group about switching into a dynasty it's I a lot more fun and even if you just want to switch it to a keeper league, there's different formats of that. And it's a very, there's different ways to go about it, so you still get a chance to have everyone. But what's nice about a dynasty is that's your league, and then you can go join other redraft leagues with other friends. You know what I mean? Your work league can be your redraft league, and your buddy league can be your important, uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, play fantasy football the way you want to play it, because it's your sport, not ours. As you might have all noticed, I'm no longer using a telephone microphone to uh, talk, and you can now listen to the soothing sounds of my voice in my new ASMR mic I have for everyone. It's also not around my head, so if you hear my distance go back and forth, I'm sorry, I'm still getting used to using this. You all are probably just thinking, well, now we get to listen to Sam because he sounds creepier, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what do we want to well, start let's get with into discussions. I know. There's been a lot of uh, – we're missed mid-training camp, so there's been a lot of uh, a lot of hype there. But you know what? Not too many uh, star players besides maybe potentially Tim Patrick have really gone out in the training camp. And usually, like last year, we had lost superstars Dobbins, left and right before Edwards. the season even started. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. Um, yeah, injuries have been a whole heck of a lot better this year for whatever reason. Um, at least fa- for fantasy football purposes, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost pretty much their interior line. Uh, they've lost two centers, a guard, and a tackle. One of them. Being I think that Tristan Tristan Warfs was one of them. That injury seems minor. Uh, their two centers are pretty serious injuries that are months, not weeks. Um, so it definitely like again. I think we kind of see Tom Brady in this shining ray of light that can do no wrong because, honestly, he somewhat deserves it. Uh, but I'm a little concerned for the Bucs. 
Tom is not that mobile. He needs interior protection, and if those guys are really, really not good, it could be a long year for them. Yeah, and I think um, the New York Jets are running into a lot of the same situation. Uh, they lost one of their key, like, heart of the whole O-line in camp, and sounds like he's not playing this season, I believe, and that's going to really make Zach Wilson look a lot different and be running a lot more, more than he already was, you know? Yeah, Sam's referring to the, the tower of their offensive tackle that was uh, Mackay Becton. Who was a yes, okay, thank top you. Ten, top, I can't remember exactly what he went, but top 10 pick in last year's draft. and He's been off injured. Thankfully, he is, or uh, uh, unfortunately, he is done for the season, for sure. It, he's going to get a second opinion, but it does not look good. Tristan Wirfs, at least, in Tampa, is only going to be done, I think, for a few weeks. He'll probably he'll play this season for sure. Um, so that's at least the positive for the Bucks, But, yeah, but Kai Becton, the Jets' line is going to be interesting this year um, because it graded out middle tier, but I think it's actually not going to be. Um, thankfully, Zach Wilson is decently mobile. you got to hope that helps. Yeah, and, you know, he's got the uh, little extra help that they got in the draft this year, and he's got a really young, re- a bunch of young receivers, except, I guess, Corey Davis, but. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, not relying on Corey Davis, but with Elijah Moore and Gar- Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett over there? Wilson, yeah, correct. Yep. Um, yeah, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are going to be awesome. I mean, Garrett Wilson's a top ten receiver pick. Like statistically speaking, those guys hit. I think he's great value in drafts right now. Um, he will probably be playing the third fiddle, I would assume, uh, to Elijah Moore. It sounds like Elijah Moore's looking like the one, although he mostly lines up in the slot or will play Z. Um, they're probably the slot. Uh, and then um, uh, Corey Davis is their ex. They're paying him by far the most money, but um, he's probably going to be like wide receiver two of the group. Uh, he's like the only one not on a rookie contract, right? Yeah, he's the only one not on a rookie contract. Uh, maybe they were signed Braxton Berrios for another year, but again, he's just a depth piece. Um, yeah, that's not a name you should even care to remember unless you're me or Herman. Frankly, they're, uh, they put significant draft capital into that unit, though. I mean, Garrett Wilson's a top-10 pick. Elijah Moore's a second-round pick. Corey Davis, I know they paid him and traded for him, but he was a first-rounder. I mean, they have a lot of talent there in their receiving core. And Frankly, I think all of them are great value in drafts right now. They're not going where they should. I mean, and then they just got Brees Hall. And Brees Hall, I mean, damn. You know what I mean? So they're just trying to give, be like, hey, Zach. You got weapons, dog, but now I just hope he has the protection he needs. 100%. And Brees Hall is going to do what all amazing running backs should do, and that's take the pressure off the passing game. Um, They're going to have to account for Brees. Uh, Brees is an exceptional prospect. I mean, top of the line. Like, you don't get a much better grade uh, from pro football focus than uh, they gave him. Um, And, like, the statistics of him – failing there's like not statistics i mean it, it's happened before but pretty much everyone in his position that has his athletic profile uh does really does well um i think he's going to turn in an rb1 season um this year to be honest uh the man runs i mean again he is a physical specimen uh when it comes to the running back position was productive all four years in college carried iowa state um uh, yeah, r- racked up a ton of yardage doing it. I mean, the man has just been amazing at football his entire life at every level. It's not going to change in the NFL. Uh, so he's going to make it a lot easier for Zach. I mean, it truthfully is Zach Wilson, though. It's going to be on him. If he fails, there is zero reason. He's not going to have any excuses. 
He really won't. He has so many weapons around him right now. Um, but the, kudos to the Jets organization for giving him that opportunity. And I will say it sounds like Tyler Conklin, their new TE that's coming from Minnesota, is having a pretty good camp and is expected to be a very important part of that offense. They also have um, uh, uh, who's the the tight end on Yuzuma? Uh, 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 the tight end on oh TJ Uzuma Uzama. Uh, I don't know his first name's TJ. It might be, but it is. whatever. Um, uh, he was on it the Bengals is. last it's year. Cool. Okay. CJ, not TJ. CJ, that sounds better. CJ Uzama. Yes, Uzama. Uh, Uzama. He's also on the Jets. I think him and Conklin are actually going to split time. Um, And so I'm kind of. Oh, I wouldn't draft either of them. I'm saying more of like a. No, no, I'm not saying draft either of them. I'm saying as someone that Zach Wilson has to throw to, he has outlets and capable outlets in every direction. And depth. You depth know. at tight end, yeah. like we just talked about. Depth at receiver, like we were mentioning. You know, he's got Braxton Berrios. They still have Denzel Mims on that roster. Um, and then they have Michael Carter behind Brees Hall. So they've got depth at every skill position as well, which is right. really nice for him, uh, just in case someone goes down. Yeah. So I got a question for you about Brees Hall. I'm looking at Pro Football Focus. In half-point PPR this year, they have him ranked as the running back 19. That's right behind Cam Akers and Ezekiel Elliott and right in front of David Montgomery. How do they also I see they also have uh, Travis Etienne and Nick Chubb ahead of him as well as James Conner. So how do you feel about those names compared uh sitting ahead of Brees Hall in Pro Football Focus's uh I think Brees Hall should be ranks. above all of them. Um uh, After that, you start getting to DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, and I was I'm not going to say that he's going to be either of those. So season. let's let's remember the past year's rookie running backs. I mean, we had last year Najee Harris. Najee finished at the RB three on the year, being a rookie. But the year before that, we had was it was JT's year, I believe. He also finished as a. I, I'm pretty sure he finished as a running back one. You're going to have to check me on that. Last um, year, I'm pretty sure JT did finish last year as the running back one, and that was his first year. No, that was his second year. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, so last year, the running back that finished number three was Najee. Um, Mm -hmm. The running back the year before that was a rookie would have been JT. I think he finished as an RB1. And sorry, when I say RB1, I mean RB1 to RB12. Not the the RB1. A RB1. That was my mistake. Uh, Okay. And so all I'm saying here is rookie running backs regularly finish as running back ones. Um I truthfully think Brees Hall is that level of running back. I'm, I'm going to bet on the talent profile. I think he's better. I think he's better than Zeke. I think he's better than Chubb. I think also Zeke and Chubb may give you a better floor. Zeke and Chubb do not have the opportunity to finish as a high-end RB1. If we look up and Brees Hall is RB5, 4 on the year, I mean, while I don't expect it, I also wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, because there could be that kind of volume. And that offense could be good. We really don't know. So, would you say running back 19 is his absolute floor? 100%. Yep. Uh, so, I consistently am faced in drafts with Travis Etienne or Brees Hall. And that's, a, that's I have a hard decision making. Because both I think of those that... guys, I think, are exceptional prospects. Uh, both of them are kind of rookies since Etienne missed his whole last year. Uh, for me, it's coming down a lot, which, fair or not, it's coming down a lot to if, it's, if the situation's PPR or not. Travis I was about to passes. say, that is yeah. a PPR, no PPR situation. If it's half point, I think I'm going Brees. If it's full, I think I'll go ETN. 
So I see Brees Hall as a very similar prospect to JT. Obviously, they're different. No prospects exactly like the other one. And the team caliber is very different. And the history, yes, team caliber is different for sure. You could argue that the Jets may be better um, uh, than when JT joined the Colts. Um, uh, But they have very similar histories, right? Very, very – both of them are very productive prospects throughout college. Always dominated at every level and now are entering the NFL with an exceptional profile. Um, so I expect him to very similarly follow that path. We, um, so at running back 19, I'm assuming Brees Hall's going like mid to th- late third round as a draft pick, right? Sometimes early fourth. Oh, you can get him in the fourth and the fifth pretty regularly. Yep. And so, I'm smashing wow. it every time. Would you feel comfortable if you're running a zero wide receiver strat or a zero running back strategy? Is Brees Hall setting as your number one? Uh, yes, I am confident. Uh, typically, I'm going to double tap it the next round, though. Like, I'll, yeah, well, I'll do a Brees Hall ETN if possible. Um, typically, Brees Hall, like, I'm trying to You won't to be leave. getting both of them, though. Ideally, I'm leaving the draft with Brees Hall as my RB2. Ideally. I pick some Who? running back at some point throughout the first four rounds. I grab a tight end, typically Kyle Pitts, and I grab a couple receivers. Okay, that's but, typically how I'm doing drafts. But that was my question. So if you let's say you end up with Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Brees Hall, how are you feeling about that stack? Yeah, I feel good about that stack. And Devin Singletary is your wide receiver, running back too. Oh no, AJ Dillon because AJ Dillon's going about the fifth round, right? Fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, a little bit later, he's going sixth, seventh. Um, so let's say you did that, you could take. Brees Hall at four, probably get Kyle Pitts at five, and then A.J. Dillon at six. Kyle Pitts, you have to be taken at three. He's gone. He's a fourth. Uh, I mean, he's he's going in the fourth for sure. Um, so you can – I've sometimes been able to snag him in the fourth, but I'm pretty much taking him in the third. For sure. Uh, so typically I'm going wide receiver with my first-round pick. The second round is full of good running backs. You have Saquon, you have Fournette, you have Aaron Jones. I, those guys could all end up as RB1, and I wouldn't be surprised – so I'm going round two, typically running a running back. Obviously, it depends on where you pick. Um, three, I'm going tight end, Kyle Pitts. Uh, fourth, I'm typically going receiver or Brees Hall slash ETN if, uh, if I don't think I can get them in the fifth. And then fifth, I'm either, either I'm doing the flip-flop or whatever I did in the fourth. And that's filling out my roster for the most part. I don't take quarterback until late. Pretty much I'm a, I'm a, you know, it... I will do an early quarterback if my fir- if my first three picks, honestly, it's not even that. If my first four picks are solid and it's two running backs and two wide receivers, and it's two running backs and two wide receivers I love, and then Kyler Murray or, you know, Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert is sitting there staring me in the face, if it's like I walked away with, you know, yeah. I w- then at that time I'm really like looking at the advantage of what I could get at that quarterback at that position at that time. Otherwise, you know. Mike. Otherwise, you got to just keep building that depth because that's gonna be that's what wins you in the long run is Agreed. your depth. Agreed. But having that game-breaking quarterback, you know, it has its drawbacks. But if you pick the right one, like Justin Herbert in the third. Middle to early third is a stretch, and I've seen that happen. Justin Herbert at the tail end of the fourth, 
I'm not going to blame someone for picking that because he literally might be the quarterback that is in 60% of winning leagues, this, uh, winning teams this year. You know what I mean? So I would agree with you on everything except that, like, my only issue is just how deep the position is this year. I feel like there are a lot of late-round targets that are that so, you can get so late that have a chance so, of finishing as QB1. So that well that was just that's just my point like right in the long term and for the depth the cost of what it takes does it isn't worth it if you're really like thinking about it and really trying to win and thinking your full draft but the feeling good the how good it feels <laughs> to have Justin Herbert on top of your three stacked names in your first three rounds you know what I mean you're just like hey, if you're you. like I got Joe Mixon. I got Dalvin Cook, and before you mock me, I have seen that in a 10-man league before. And then I picked up, you know, and I'm always just going to – Keenan Allen's just always my go-to third round (laughs) quarterback or wide receiver. Yep. And then then I got Justin Herbert. You're like, sweet, I got an awesome stack, and I got two studs. So to your point, pretty much the only time I'll reach on it and pick in the early rounds is if I'm specifically trying to stack something like best ball a lot of times I'll reach on QB just because I'm trying to stack a specific something I'll never stack a mobile QB though or ever try to reach for it Mac Jones is the type of quarterback you'd want to stack someone with he just doesn't really have anyone you honestly I think his best stack might be Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry this year it's Jacoby Myers I've got that stack in a few leagues I mean it's cheap as hell (laughs) Uh, hey you guys, I, by the way, just so you know, Herman just promotes the players on his team so they feel so he makes it sound like his team is better. I picked the right <laughs> players. So. <laughs> so that's why I promote him. Um, did we talk about Alan Lazard last week? Um I don't know. I don't know. We can touch on it again. Play, get there's some new information. Your leagues, you guys. I mean, there's some new information, but the new information is Aaron Rodgers. I just heard today talk about how Aaron Rodgers thinks his rookies are behind the curve right now. Yeah, that's the new information. Yeah, yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah. So, so but you know who's Lizard. not behind the curve? You know, yeah, he's not, he's not <laughs> behind the curve more. is Lazard. Yeah. He's killing yep. it. He wants Lazard, Watkins, and Randall Cobb to start. That's what he well, wants to start. That's So, here's my... Fun story. Is Sammy Watkins going to be Sammy Watkins week one with oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Is Sammy Watkins worth a 16th round pick for a week one start and then move on him? So I agree. He's definitely worth like a last round dart throw. And then, because you'll know within a week or two whether he's part of the game plan or not, and then you need to drop him. Um, well, right. But if he, but he always blows up week one. That's like what he yeah, does. Yeah, he typically does. He's like, here's my five touchdowns. Here's my four touchdowns of the season. I'm gonna score them all in one game. I'm gonna get injured. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna be done for the I year. don't need to play anymore. Yep. I just proved that I'm the best. Yep. Yeah. He's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. I know there was hype around uh, Romeo Dubs, and I don't think there's a ton around Christian Watson. Um, but Romeo Dubs, like, he's known for all his big explosive catches. Uh, but. He also has been making some fundamental drops, not running the right route. Um, who was it? It was either it was Rogers chewed out either Watkins or Dubs at training camp the other day, and was just like pointing at where he should have run a route. Um, so I do think like yes, you're seeing, and again, this is just a good thing to look into. You're seeing all this hype around Romeo Dubs. 
look into the other side. Don't necessarily take it for face value. Understand what's going on. Know that the, the coaches look for a lot more than just that one spectacular catch. They care about the little things, right? They care about how well you block. They care about how quick was your turn. Were you facing the right way when the ball was coming? I mean, they care about all of this stuff. And so if they're not doing the little things right, the veterans are going to start over them. And that's what makes us nervous about, like, Traylon Burks or someone like that because, you know, he, um, sorry, I'm messing with my microphone here. I'm not sure how much pickup I'm getting in the background. But, like, Traylon Burks was lining up wrong. He wasn't in the right spots. He wasn't running the right routes. He was missing the calls. You know what I mean? Like, the dude's talented, but something about that offensive scheme he is struggling with. And, come on, like, they've been at the organization for two months. Do you remember how effective you were when you started your job in the first two months? You weren't very effective. (laughs) I just hit hit month number three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you didn't feel like you were doing, know know what you were doing for like the first two months, I'm sure. Um, No one really does. It's called um, imposter syndrome, actually, is what I learned. Yep, you're absolutely (laughs) correct. But, my point being, these guys have not been on the team so long. It, they, these playbooks are complicated. They're focused on the detail. These guys need time to learn it. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, just just a good lesson. Well, what do you think we might be heading back to? Because we've been so blessed with these rookie breakout wide receivers, that's not very common. What if we're just going back to the era where it takes a player two, three years to really start hitting their stride? Oh, uh, we broke into the ceiling. We're not going back now. <laughs> so, but I would say Traylon Burks is one of those people who, if you were in a dynasty league, I would try to make a point to go get him. I have. In yep. this redraft league, I wouldn't be. I won't. I won't Agreed. be like rushing, doing what I can, reaching for him. If he's there, he's there. But I, he, I'm not looking for Traylon Burks until after round ten. Honestly. I actually, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think he, I think that's right around his ADP. Actually, I mean, I think that's he's what I mean. Going pretty late. Um, I mean, right now I've got him as pick ninety nine, right? So like he's going so for like, right at round. He's 10. not. It doesn't look like he'll be effective the first half of the year. Although I don't know. All of a sudden, these rookies like we we don't know. Sometimes rookies all of a sudden come in. You know, Justin Jefferson comes in weeks three and blows the hell up. And then guess what? You missed the train, right? You were not in front of it. So I do think, like, I have Traylon Burks on so many rosters, redraft and dynasty. Um, I love his profile. Uh, and I think he's going to be a second half of the year kind of player, right? I mean, I'm I'm, well, I'm putting him on yes. that bench because I think down the season, he's going to pay off when I need him to the most. But most fantasy football players aren't as patient as him, and I'm expecting you'll be able to find Burks on the wire around weeks four, five, six, also true. and then be able to pick him up for the stretch of eight. But you don't need to waste a roster spot on him. Or what's even sneakier is if the person you want to trade with has him on his roster, you just sneakily sneak Burks into that move all the time. I've literally traded players that I thought were a wash just so I could tack someone else on, and that was the player I really wanted on my team. You know what I mean? Like, for yeah, example, I definitely throw in gems that I like, no doubt. Well, no, no. Like, I would be like, I, one year I did a, it was a, like a Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon swap when they were like and even we're caliber about, players. We're talking about Dynasty, right? I mean, not that it matters oh. necessarily for your example, but. Okay. Dynasty would be a little different because I want to trademark names like that. Gotcha, gotcha. But definitely, all right, so if we're talking Dynasty, definitely be getting those players early 
No one's going to give you, trade you a player they just spent a draft pick on. Strongly believe that because there's a sentiment of, like, you're my guy. I'm going to uh, keep you. I'm going to hold you. You're my. Ba- this is my baby. I want to watch him grow. Unless you're Not me. Like, I moved Judy for two first-round picks right after well, that. Him. Well, that's <laughs> different. And now look how much of a genius you look like yeah, after I know. that. I know. But... But you're right. Most people won't trade their picks right after they draft them. I mean, they they have some kind of emotional attachment to them to some but f- degree. But finding those players in a slump or off-season trades, I am really, really good at off-season trades and getting people when they're not really thinking or not really looking at the potential of the player. They're just looking at their finish, not where they were at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you can get players that people aren't high on but that's because the hype train from camp hasn't started yet. Yeah, no, Most, absolutely. That March to April, right around the draft, where people are talking about football, they're talking about all these new guys. Get your get your first sophomore players that you need on your team, like Alan Lazard. I spent a second round draft pick on Alan Lazard in our rookie free agent draft mm-hmm. this year. We do our rookies and our free agents and our dynasty in one pool. Mm-hmm. I spent a second round pick on Alan Lazard because like. He, I think that he's his career is just starting. He's like a third-year player. I needed a wide receiver, and I think he's going to be a huge part of my team. And Dynasty is always so interesting because it always depends what cycle you're in, right? Like, are you rebuilding or are you contending? In this case, Sam's definitely adding a contending piece, right? On someone that maybe wasn't – have some not, not as strong rosters in the league, picking up Alan Lazard might not really do them any good, right? Um, so – it definitely depends on situation, but to your point, yeah. Um, uh, I think, let's I just know. be honest in our dynasty. I am over the hill and holding on to my glory days. You, <laughs> I'm, doing, Sam, I'm scrambling to stay alive. But. Sam executed a trade though that I just I hate that he was able to do. He moved Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. He moved Tyreek Hill for Cam Akers and Rashad Bateman. And, and in this a is year, before Sam's gonna look like a goddamn genius. <laughs> and this is before this is after Rashad Bateman had his quiet year because the Ravenwoods offense was so messed up, and Cam Akers had not had just come back. I know he his stats didn't say it. I loved how Cam Akers looked in the postseason, and I watched him play. And I literally called Herman and was like, "I need to get this guy on my team." Like, it's he, like, how early he had come back, how fast he had come back, how good he was looking. I was like, I need this guy on my team. And um, Tyreek Hill had just got traded to the Dolphins. I didn't want to mess with that situation. So I sold my marquee name player for a dude that someone was down on. And if you put that trade in any calculator today, it'll say I probably blew him out of the water. You blew him it, Yeah, it definitely will. Uh, I mean, it's classic trading, though, during offseason when one player's trending down and other players are trending up, right? I mean, you're just you, – you got – you just executed on the trend lines that were happening. Um, and that's what you got to do uh, in Dynasty. I mean, his team got significantly younger. He added much better talent. Um, and, again, in a year, Rashad Bateman and Tyree Hill are going to put up similar – they probably will this year <laughs> put up very similar stats. It'll um, probably be a different, like, not at the same time, like, spread out, but, like, year log, not, like, an eight-week samples, you know yeah. what I mean? And you probably got a young RB2 in Cam Akers, you know, at least for this season. Um, so, yeah, great, great. And, and, again, that's what you got to do in Dynasty when trading is – and capitalizing on the hype, I mean, I just – you know, I just saw another trade. Rookies, uh, Romeo Dobbs and Damian Pearson, one of my Dynasty leagues, moved for a 2023 third – or a 2023 first, excuse me. 
Like, those are two, like, third, second-round picks this year that are getting moved for a first in a class that's going to be much better. It's a huge win for the draft pick side. I thought you were about to tell me that uh, Damian Pierce moved for a third, and I was like, that, bro, just won that whole trading season. Yes. Like, okay, Damian Pierce right now, you guys, if your league has not caught up on his hype, he's the man you need to be looking for. He's the man you need to be going for. Really? Super late. Not super late. Like, Like, not a starter. A great depth piece. Damian Pierce, dude, they're they are hand. He's not even playing in preseason games anymore. No, I know he's not. I know he's not. I know he's, he, the he's the starter. starter. He's the starter. Look no at doubt. my eyes; they look scary right now. That's how serious so I am. My issue is that he's going to play for one of the worst offenses in the league, which is already tough. B, he never carried the full workload in college. Can he handle it? He's got Marlon Mack to back him up, but most running backs aren't r- carrying the full workload. And this isn't your running back two, your running back one, or your flex. This is your second or third running back on your bench. Yeah, it costs. That it costs has, a, that has yeah. a starting position. It costs some in. I, I'm just having That's a hard time acquiring him in Dynasty is more my point. I don't think he necessarily oh, if has you didn't draft, If you didn't draft him, you're not getting him in Dynasty right now. But... Oh, I would, didn't get him I would this trade him year. in a heartbeat for, like, if someone offered me a first, done. Done, well, I think, twice. Well, someone offered a first, but no one's offering a first for Damian Pierce. Yeah. But in a year, when he has a, a slump year but was looking good, I would then go get him for a third. I don't think he's going to look good coming out. Like, I don't think he's going to look as good as everyone thinks he's going to look. I mean, he's not going to look good. He plays for the Texans. That's my point. You know what I mean? That's my point. I think he's, like, I think the hype's gotten over his head. Is That's one of the players that I definitely think has. has. that affected his draft capital yet, though? Because oh, I, sh- I haven't noticed it has. Damian Pierce is pick number 95. He goes two behind oh. Rashad Penny, five behind Miles Sanders. I mean, he's up there. You're, you're picking him or Miles Sanders. I'm going Miles Sanders. Better offense, more scoring opportunity. Miles Sanders has just fucked me so many times. I just can't stand having him in my league anymore. I I just can't have him on any of my rosters anymore, but I hear you. Okay, 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 okay. Rashad Penny's one that's even. I don't know that I'd take Rashad Penny over Damian Pierce. That offense is going to be just as bad. I think that is one that if you're looking for the first four weeks to pay out, Rashad Penny's the way to go. Yeah. If you're looking for end of season finish, Damian Pierce is who you need. So go Damian Pierce. Oh, you can get Antonio Gibson now, two picks after Damian Pierce. I'd go Antonio Gibson all day, every day at that point. You guys. He's falling so, so, bruh, bruh, so hard. I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure that that camp is just punishing him. And it's just like, God damn it, man. Get they it are. together. You know what I mean? They're like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna not have you play because then he ran a kickback. He's too talented. Like he's too bro, physically bro, talented. Bro, not right. to play. I think they're either just fucking with everyone in camp or they're straight up just like, no, you're better than this. We're gonna put you down. Maybe he just like got too big of an ego. Was like, yeah, I'm the man. And they're like, no, bro, you're on punt team now. You're on yeah. punt return. Get out there. You're going to play with the third team. You're going to be on punt return. You're going to get your head out of your ass. Yeah, he's playing you're going to come now. play football week one. You're going to be one, two, three down. So, you know what the sad thing is? He's not even the one returning. 
He's on the support for the kick routine. Yeah, yeah, he's like the full. He's, he's like a full. Yeah, he's a block position. Yeah. That's right. No, yeah, dude, that's it's what, like that's worse what I'm saying. than just returning Bro, kicks. That's what I'm saying. They are totally just like. Well, also on top of that. If you are a running back that isn't a one, two, three down roll, you have to be able to do special teams. I learned that when they were talking Agreed. about Trey Sermon. Like the, they wouldn't clo- like put a jersey on Trey Sermon because the man cannot. He needs to do special teams. Special teams. He can't. Yeah. It's important. It's important in the NFL. Well, they're not um, going to put you on you the field. You know what the funnier thing is, though. He's always he made the roster in his first two years, and he's never played special teams. Not in preseason. Never in his first two years. It's I'm wondering if we're going to see something. I'm curious if we see something from him this year. You know, I keep going back to at his cost now. I mean, if you're in on him, you're in on him, unfortunately. Like, he's fallen so dramatically. He's a last round pick, isn't he? I can't imagine. I mean, he's, he's, a nine, he's the 95th pick. At this point, what? that's what he's going at. Bro, pick 95. No do not pick Trey Serpin at pick 95. No, for the love Antonio of Gibson. God. Oh! Oh, Tony no, Gibson. No, Trey Sermon's free. We shouldn't be talking about Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is yeah. gonna be out of the league. No, real Antonio soon. Antonio Gibson. Um, I at pick ninety. If you're getting him round nine, round t- corner round ten. Yeah, I mean he's going by round eight. Is what it's that's looking like. ADP one. That's a, oh, if you're in twelve man, yeah. Sorry, I think ten man in my head. Yeah, I always default to twelve. Um, but yeah, he's uh he's going to pick ninety five at that price. Again, I'm betting. I always look at not necessarily a situation, but especially at this time. A, you're looking for upside. Antonio Gibson has the upside, and look at the profile of the player. Antonio Gibson is an athletic freak. Oh, if there's bro. one, if like if you're gonna bet on someone to overcome team odds, bet on the freakishly athletic guys to do it. Uh, because <laughs> if he does go off, and if it does all click, he'll be an RB one. And you will have just gotten that in the eighth round. And it's not uh, um, Antonio Gibson versus J.D. McKissick versus Brian Robinson. It's Antonio Gibson versus J.D. McKissick and and Brian Robinson. Yeah, it is a three-headed monster. I mean, mean, the situation is looking awful. He can do everything. No, no, he can do everything. Those two need each other to be the versatile backfield. For sure. For sure. Also, and Brian it'll Robinson, be interesting. Late, late flyer pick, not a bad one. Yeah, he um he actually might have skipped. Uh, I, he's really close game. to passing. He's pa- he's close to passing um Antonio Gibson at ADP. I dude, I bet. But what I'm saying is, I think that's a he's red going pairing. thirty picks later right now. Okay, at one twenty-five, so I would t- I would take him at one twenty-five. Well, for sure. He's got all the touchdown upside there. Problem is, yeah. he's not going to catch. We know that. Uh, but that's what but J.D. McKissick price, is the best third down running back in the league next to maybe I mean, Naeem Hines. I want Brian Robinson over Damian Harris. Don't draft Damian Harris. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, hey, everybody. Don't, hey, everybody. Don't, don't draft Damian Harris. We made that announcement last time, too. I know. <laughs> that just needs to be reiterated. Yeah, don't trap David Harris. Oh um, man, Terry McLaurin and Corbin Sutton. Oh, we should talk about your Washington Commanders and all. Of, well, we are talking about their Washington. We got I mean, They're awful, my man. It is so hard. Like I, so I, I I've retired. I really. I bet they fan. go. Not, I bet they go eight and nine this year. Nine and eight. I've retired. 
I can't stand the organization. I can't stand the owner. I just hate him. Fuck Dan Snyder. Fuck Dan Snyder. I absolutely hate them. So I'm now a Fairweather Chargers fan because Herbert's tight. They need fans. Hey, I don't the care. Chargers, so. Yeah, the Chargers, are my, the Chargers are my AFC team because they need fans and I need a team in the AFC to cheer for. Brandon Staley, their head coach, is so tight too. I, well, the <laughs> hard part piece. for me is the other two teams I really like in the AFC – are, are the, the Raiders division. and the Broncos. <laughs> so it's just like that division. Yeah. Yep. It's like, shit. I could definitely understand that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I pretty much just don't draft Commanders players because their team is always a train wreck by midseason. Always. I mean, the last two years, who the hell has been playing quarterback? <laughs> like, they can I, well, never, I'm telling you, I know you don't agree with this. Out. I think they're going to have the most consistent and best quarterback play they've had in years. Since. Yeah, but what? That's not even saying much. Like that's how pitiful the performance. What are we talking know, about? Kirk Cousins Taylor even Heineke? sucked when he was there. Alex they, Smith, though, no, bro. It's only been a few was, years since Alex Smith. Alex Smith got cut down in his first like six weeks. Alex Smith barely played for us. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry, I was confused, and I don't think he even actually made it through one week. No, he barely. Like, <laughs> Brian Fitzpatrick, we brought in what, last meant, year. Yeah. He made one week. He played one week and got injured. Uh-oh. Both of them. My headset's down. dying. This is Uh-oh. about to get interesting. <laughs> but, but anyways, they just they are so not a dangerous team on offense that it just it disgusts me grabbing offensive players. There's just less scoring opportunities. Uh, it's always such a mess every year. It's such a painful team to actually want to win. Because um, they just disappoint you time and time again. I do like Jahan Dotson, though. Their number two receiver that they drafted. They drafted him a little too high for my liking, but um, you, he's you interesting. up on Curtis Samuel? I, I don't know about giving up on Curtis Samuel. I think he's still going to be in the slot. They have Logan Thomas on the PUP this year, so they have, like, he no just, one. I think he just got – I think he just came off. Like, like in I, the last couple of days, I think he just came off. It'll be interesting to see what form he comes back in. That man cannot stay healthy. He reminds me of like Jordan Reed, who couldn't but stay they healthy. Give you have a Zach, but they give you have a Zach Ertz, uh, Carson Wentz, throw into Logan Thomas. Oh, God, I just – I think Carson Wentz <laughs> is just not good. <laughs> I just – I can't get behind it. I can't get behind it. I know. Either. You hate that, man. I know. I just – I don't think he's good. I don't – I don't hate Carson Wentz, but my God, he just does not play good ball. I he's gonna turn it over so many times for us. It's gonna be so um, hideous. You're still saying us, so you're saying you're not completely giving up on it. Oh God, I know I need to break the habit. It sucks when you're a fan of something for like ten years. <laughs> More than fifteen at this point. My at whole existence you're... of being a Commanders fan has been dismal too. I'm telling you. Um, Absolutely Your whole existence visible. of being a Commanders fan comes from them drafting you on a Madden video game. So that is true. I think you. True. I think people will give you a pass if you decide that the uh, rapey culture. And is, I don't really uh, give a much. shit what people think about me passing. I just can't align myself and support these fucking assholes that are running this team right now. Yeah, you need to become a Vikings awful. fan. Then you just are perpetually depressed and always hoping for more. Yeah. Because you never taste championship. In fact, being a Minnesota sports fan that was born after 19, 1990 or later, you never experienced a championship. Yeah, that is depressing. That is really depressing. I am excited for the Vikings this year. They got good things cooking. 
based on everything I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, that's what Vikings fans say every year. Yeah, but I'm not a Vikings fan. So typically, I'm not as, like last year, I was absolutely fading them. And in previous years, this is the highest I've been on the Vikings in a long time. I think they have a chance to win the division this year. I think they what will you, win the division this year. Let me say it that way. What do you think of Michael Thomas at wide receiver 23? Oh, he's he's a steal. Um, I mean, his upside really? is... Really? Well, let me see wide receiver 22, now that you say it. He's been... I just have been drafting with him a lot lately, and he's been going... You don't have to draft him as a starter. He's been going as, like, my first bench spot. Oh well, uh, yeah, like, at, at for a bench, I would take him for a bench spot. I can't. I'll give you that. Michael Thomas. I mean, we have to remember Michael Thomas at one point got the most targets ever in a season in the NFL, and I think he still leads it. Other than uh, Cooper Cup, I think. No receptions. Anyways, he's leading in either targets or receptions in every single <laughs> season up until I think this last season. So, like, that's nothing to bat an eye at. I am really concerned with him. I think he's, like, strictly an upside play. Like, I grab him if I have, like, some guys that I like and, like, really need one more superstar starter to, like, like I'm going for the league winning juggernaut right here. I definitely have some shares of him throughout because um, I do think he has the potential to, like, win you your league at the cost he's in. Um, let's see. Who is that again? Sorry, I got distracted. No, yeah, it's Michael Thomas we're talking about. Yeah, Michael Thomas, man. I, so I'm Michael a, Thomas, I'm, I, I'm a just a, I'm honestly gonna fade all wide receivers of the uh, all uh, Saints wide receivers. Oh, what? Really? I think that's yeah. a bad move. Well, Jameis Winston throwing to him like he wants. Why is that a bad thing? Jameis Winston put up a number two fantasy season. That man slings it, and he knows how to sling it deep. And they have Sean Payton's gone. That conservative play style might be gone with him. They might let Jameis sling it, and if they do, they got Michael Thomas. They've completely revamped their wide receiver core. Michael Thomas is back healthy. Granted, he just went down with a hamstring injury in uh, training camp, so more to on that. But they drafted Chris Olave and. They paid a two first-round picks to move up 20 spots to draft Chris Olave. That should tell you how important they see him in their plans for the future. I and and then they have um, uh, Jarvis, uh, Jarvis, Landry. Jarvis Landry that they brought I think, in from free so agency Jarvis too. Landry is a target and catch with machine, so I would be okay getting probably those two guys. I will do give you, know, you that. Do you know who they didn't bring in? A running back. Oh, I didn't I say I was. I said passing game. I'd keep Alvin Kamara. No, 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 no. The Saints brought in three receivers during offseason. They didn't bring in a single running back. That tells me a lot about what their game plan is for this year and what they're looking to do. I think I they're going to open saying. it up a lot more. I think we're going to see some good passing statistics. Again, I think uh, um, like Jameis, they they low key could win the division. That that team is good uh, if Jameis can be good. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he, he just doesn't have – he can't turn it over 30 times. Can't <laughs> throw simple. as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. Yeah. He can do that. Like, he has it in him, like, and he's got the arm talent to do it. Like, right. And the defense will be good this year too. I mean, I think the Saints are – so I actually think most Saints receivers are underrated. I think they're probably all beat – you know, not all of them. I think Chris Olave and I think Michael Thomas will beat ADP. And Jarvis Landry probably will too. Um Michael going? Thomas's big thing is if he can stay healthy, which I yeah. don't. I'm the jury's still out on that. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Or was he just pissed off last year and pretending to be injured? Who knows? Like, ser- seriously, who knows? It's Doing been like a two-year injury. No, um, it's a freaking disaster is what it is. They need to – I mean, again, I think they'll probably – I don't know when his contract's up, uh, but I'm sure they won't resign. I'm sure they'll move on after this year or try to trade him or something. Are you going Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy as a higher finish? Cortland Sutton. I think most people are on that. I think uh, PPR might get interesting because, you know, it's like a t- it's literally just a Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf skill set spot. But I you think know, DK Metcalf always finished higher. What? I think DK Metcalf always finished higher. I know, but Corlin Sutton isn't DK Metcalf. Was the that is also true. To get to. Yes, that is also true. And Jerry Judy might be like Tyler, better than Tyler Lockett. Eh. Eh. Hey, Jerry's still out on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you going? Are you interested in Chase Claypool this year? Not, I'm I'm sleeping on him in redraft, especially just with that quarterback situation. So, it's almost looking like the reports I'm hearing out of training camp is that George Pickens is actually slotting in as the number two now. Oh, it's by the way, like I, I meant to say might, that might play a big slot. And to I be honest, George I Pickens actually, is a good guy. Grab oh, George, I think George Pickens is going to be a beast. Yeah, I think he's a that snag wherever he's going. It's a snag. That man's got the attitude to be. I mean, we talk about, like, you know, I think every one of these guys are special athletes, right? It takes the extra 5% between the ears to make you the best. George Biggins had that extra 5% between his ears. That man's got some dog in him. And uh, <laughs> he does. And he, have you seen some of the preseason training clips? Even on the blocking, there's yeah, this one he's, clip he's, uh, where a- they blow the whistle, and this man bench presses the cornerback to the ground. I mean, like, launches him across the field on just a simple run play, right? It's that kind of attitude that this, coaches this fucking dude, love. This dude's a fighter, yeah. He's gritty, man. Oh, yeah. I, I'm i completely in on him, um, but so is everyone else, so the price is rising pretty significantly. Right. Um, and George yeah, Pickens that's the hard part. Profiled. Is the hype getting too high now? George Pickens always profiled. George Pickens was the number one receiver going into the year last year. The only reason is he got injured, or uh, two years ago, excuse me. He got injured, though. Uh, and so he, he was still working his way back from an ACL and didn't really play full speed, and his stock completely dropped. So uh, at one point, George Pickens, you know, recently was the top of his class. So the man absolutely has the talent. It looks like he has the attitude. So, yeah, I'm absolutely all in. It was more off-field issues, I think, that were scaring coaches away uh, and teams away. Uh, but anyways, to answer your original question, that moves Claypool into the big slot, which um, – I actually think he might do better at it. I, not that he might do better at it. I think between the combination of whoever Trubisky's going to be happy he's there. Trubisky and uh, Pickett and... Uh, Johnson. Deontay Johnson, who I think we're both full goals on. Deontay Johnson, definitely. But Deontay Johnson's number one. He's playing the X, no doubt about it. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how Pickens does, but I doubt he is going to push Deontay for that spot this year. Um... Claypool, I, I think it'll just be a great safety blanket for these these quarterbacks, right? These quarterbacks are don't have a lot of experience, are not proven. Um, you know, many of them have failed multiple times. They're gonna like the checkdown just naturally a little bit more, especially a giant target like Claypool. Um, and so, you know, I actually think it might be better for him uh, because he's not gonna be the one running these deep routes every time. He's gonna be the guy who's who's getting in the slot, you know. Um, so. You know, whatever. I don't know that I'm necessarily in on him. Uh, I drafted a ton of him in this offseason and completely regret it. Uh, so now I'm trying to package him and move him. Um, 
but you know, still have a good bit of him. I think he's I, fair in Dynasty. You know what I mean? I think yeah. this is one of those years in Dynasty. If you're gonna grab him to hold on to him for a year and see where his con his career goes, I would do that. I think now is a good time for that. Yeah, I mean, he's going to pick 109. You know, he's going around the likes of Tyler Board, Boyd, George Pickens, Kenneth Walker. You know, at this point, I'd probably just, still take him just, over George Pickens. I'd probably take him over Tyler there. Boyd. What? But you're spitballing there at that point in the draft, but I'm going to say I definitely think Pickens has a higher ceiling, has a higher finish than Claypool at the end of the year. Yeah, you very well may be right. You very well may be right. Yeah, I mean, if we're going for upside, I'm just worried George Pickens has a slow start. That's my only concern. Well, you know, like most rookies. And that was going to be my thing about Brees Hall that I forgot to say earlier, is I think Brees Hall is going to have a slower start to the season, but by the midseason is just going to be the beast we know he will be. I don't think he's going to explode week one and be like, look at me, I'm running this league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think very similar to JT, right? I don't think JT exploded onto the scene his first year. I think, I mean, frankly, six, six weeks, weeks in, everyone was talking about him as a bust. Yeah. Um, and then he just exploded the last half and then of the he year. Fi- I just watched. He finished the uh, standard at running back four and PPR at six his so first over, year. So the last two years, we've had a rookie running back finish either RB third or RB fourth. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty much taking, like, Brees Hall is an RB one in my mind. So, like, we're talking RB 12 or earlier. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's straight. Yeah, wherever you draft him, he's going to finish higher than that. The only reason he is drafted where he is today is because he's on the Jets. That is That's legitimately absolutely it. true. If he went to any other team that had any other kind of running success, he would be a third round pick. That's true. So Najee was last year. Najee was almost a second, and we had Clyde Edwards. I mean, again, JT wasn't necessarily up there, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a second round pick the year before. I mean, we've had some rookie picks that are getting some significant startup capital this year. I, I think he's a steal. We're going to look back and we're going to think about how dumb we are for the ADP that's on them right now. Right. Um, Tampa Bay wide receivers, who are you Are you interested in anyone or is that such a conglobed mess we're just steering clear? You know, I like Mike Evans. I do. Um, I just think he's the only constant there. Uh, you can get him in like round three, I think. And everything Early else is round just a three, shoot, maybe man. late round two. Uh, I mean, I like I like Chris Godwin. I just have a tough time with players coming off an ACL injury. Like you saw Saquon the year after he came off. Like some players just aren't quite themselves the year after, and it takes them a year to kind of get through that injury uh, and back to full speed. And so, you know, I'm a little concerned about Godwin, and he's going high enough that his capital isn't like um, it's a little bit too much for me. He's going right around that Michael Thomas range, right? 50, so you could have Michael Thomas, Rashad Bateman, or Godwin, right? I'm taking the other two over him every time. Um, and then uh, I kind of like uh, – I'm out on Julio Jones, frankly. I don't know if, if anyone's been – I've had him on my teams for like the last two years, and to be honest, he screws you every time because if he's not injured – he goes into the game and plays and then gets injured in the game and puts up a zero on your lineup. So, like, I am so done with Julio Jones at this point. I really don't. I think he's probably going to have a lower body injury again relatively soon. Russell Gage I actually like for um, 
for a little bit. I mean, Tom specifically called Russell Gage and told him that's to come to the, Tampa. I mean, it's your boy, thing, you know. Oh, um, that's the thing, man, for Russell Gage. He's going to be in the game plan. He's going to be. And even if God wins back, like, yes, of course it limits his upside. Um, but, you know, I still think they'll involve him to some degree. And because of the Godwin news, Russell Gage is free. I mean, people are barely drafting him anymore. Um, right. So, like, and I just think he's decent. I mean, if Julio goes down, he's the third option. Tom Brady spreads the ball around. He always has. Um, so there's, there's plenty of – I think there's plenty of uh, passes to go around for all of them to get theirs. Because they are also sure. are without Rob. You know, they're without Gronkowski. There are a lot of vacated targets there. All right, let's talk uh, Carolina really quick. Uh, DJ Moore with Baker Mayfield. How are we feeling on him now that they've announced Baker as the starter? Oh, they announced him as the starter. That was such a dumb QB competition. Obviously, he was going to be the starter. Why the hell yeah, did you bring I him in? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, is this a competition? They're going to bring him in and then bench him? No chance. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I feel a little bit better about it. I, I do think it's a slight upgrade. I frankly haven't moved DJ Moore up in my mind at all. Um we just think he's the most talented what receiver that just can't catch a break. He's the only receiver over the last three years to have 1,200 yards each of those years. Um, so his problem is touchdowns, and frankly, I fully believe in touchdown regression and the fact that it always just kind of regresses to the mean. I think if he gets somewhat of a competent offense around him and scoring volume goes up, his touchdowns will increase too. Uh, if that happens, he'll be a wide receiver one. I just don't know that Carolina's going to be that good, Christian McCaffrey's going to make a huge difference. If that man can stay healthy through the season, I think they'll be competitive. At their current ADP, are you grabbing Rondale Moore or Hollywood Brown? Uh, can you state the ADPs? Ooh, no, I can't. But would you rather have – I know Hollywood Brown's going, like, really high. I think, like, fourth, fifth round right now, and Rondale Moore is a after-tenth round player. Um, God, that's, there's so much difference between them. Hold on, I'm looking. Uh, Marquise Brown is pick 42 right now. I Hold have on. been... Um, I got wide receiver 21 and wide receiver 58. Yeah, give me a rundown more of that. Um, I think Marquise Brown is going to be good. You know, frankly, he falls in quite a few drafts. I've gotten yeah. him in the sixth. I've gotten him in the late fifth. At that price, I like him. In the fourth, well, because a little too much for me. Because um, you're like only pushing to, for six weeks, and then Hopkins comes back. I mean, the problem is, is in the fourth round, like Brees Hall is pick 43. I'm pretty much if he's available, yeah. I'm grabbing him. I'm grabbing Etn. Like I'm grabbing those guys are just gonna be better than Marquise Brown. Whereas Rondell Moore is going at a pick that it's a dart throw, right? I mean, I personally, I think Christian Kirk's going around that range. I would personally rather have Christian Kirk. But I totally understand That's taking fair. the upside on Rondell Moore. Well, I just say Rondell Moore uh, finishes higher than wide receiver 58. Yes, you, I would agree with you on that. Uh, my only fear for like Rondell Moore's upside is, again, I very much look at what is the team doing? What moves are the team making that's telling us how they're going to play? The move to bring in Marquise Brown says something. And it says to me that Rondell Moore was not ready for that role. Um, so again, he's probably going to be, I mean, and that's the other thing. There's now a lot of, once DeAndre Hopkins is back, that offense is looking more crowded. And I think he's going to be the first man out. Um, cause it'll be DeAndre, it'll be Marquise Brown, and it'll be Zach Ertz in the middle. Um, yeah. Amon Ra, uh, wide receiver 27. 
I look at that as his floor, like the worst he could possibly do. You know, he's one of the players that I have like no shares of that I completely regret. I wish I had more of him. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's being drafted as floor. Um, I think really if you, I think if he's, I, mean, I think if he's on your team, you're going to be happy about where you're getting him. For sure. I mean, my problem is that he's going around the likes of people like uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, so know, what Michael I will Thomas say to range. that is Amon Ross St. Brown's connection with Air- Jared Goff showed a lot more year than DK Metcalf and Drew Locke and where Rashad Bateman was showing with Lamar Jackson. So that would be my one piece is Amon Ross St. Brown, had, that offense has to run through Jared Goff. And there's Hawkinson, who they've who has been exposed to how he can get schemed out super easily. And then there's Amon Ross St. Brown, who showed he can show up and really play. And then they can't even have Jamison Williams play because he's still on the pup, I believe. What do you think about them bringing in DJ Shark? I think that is just a piece. So there's someone that can run on the other side of Amon Ross St. Brown because Quintez Sufficius showed he did not have what it takes. That uh, is pretty freaking true i mean you absolutely could be correct um i personally prefer rashad bateman in this area um but it's well, definitely a slower pace of play team i just think i would that, probably that play, offense is gonna be better i would probably go bateman too i just think that um i think that it's a flip of the coin of where either of those two could finish i think it's a high power offense but bateman's not the focal point and a low powered offense where st brown is the focal point Ugh, and I have such a hard time with Saint you know Brown with DeAndre Swift, Metcalf. but yeah, uh, that one. But that's just because of the skill of the player. But you know me, I'm an opportunity kind of guy. Yeah, I definitely like DK Metcalf has been the wide receiver five and finished last year as the wide receiver thirteen. Like, yeah. I have such a hard time betting on someone that's never touched that over a full season over someone that has. Well, you're going for someone that has a that went from a physical profile. All star, oh, all star, all star Russell Wilson to you're absolutely backup correct. quarterback Drew Locke. Backup you're to absolutely Teddy, correct. Backup to Teddy Bridgewater, another backup quarterback Drew Locke. Yes, yeah, and it's gonna be Geno Smith. It's not gonna be Drew Locke, but um, but yeah, okay, okay, not okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not. It'll be interesting to see if they uh, end up bringing oh, in Jimmy G. with a worse arm. It'll be interesting to see if they end up bringing in Jimmy G, which, which I in that case don't think I is... would be. If they bring in Jimmy G, which they couldn't because they would never go inter division like that. Well, the Forty Miners just might be desperate enough to unload him at this point. Fair. They but might. If they, they don't did. want him carrying on the roster into the next season. DK will skyrocket if that's the case. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Even though I'm not convinced it's that much bigger of an upgrade. <laughs> I do. Um, uh, that, that that man went to the AFC or NFC championship. Yeah, and, I don't, and uh, on I a don't team, know. but no, but what I'm saying is the Seattle Seahawks are a good team. They need a quarterback that can man the ship. So Jimmy going, Garoppolo has shown he can man the ship. He's not going to lose you games. He's not going to win you games. But they so got you know DK Jimmy Metcalf to be the of? guy that can win. Kirk Cousins. You know G, Jimmy G reminds me of? Kirk Blake Cousins. Bortles. Ugh, no. that's Also mean. went to the AFC Championship. Again, yeah. I just don't think there's anything exceptional. I don't think they show up when their team needs him. I, you're right. He doesn't make mistakes per se. 
But my God, does he have so many throws that are so bad. I mean, Well, that's I why he's not a starter in the NFL right now. I think the 49ers coaching staff is what makes that team so goddamn successful. Once again, successful. Jimmy G will come in and Drew Locke will once again be the backup to another notorious backup quarterback. Third string. He's going to be on Gino. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drew Locke's all but done from the league. Yeah, I he's. I don't even know how he's still getting. He's just this getting a job because they need a body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and really the question is going to be, does Seattle think they can compete this year or not? Are they going to yeah. tank? Because if, they, if they've already chosen to tank, they're not bringing in Jimmy G. They're yeah. going to take the number one overall pick next year, and they're going to take it to the bank. All right, man. I think that – all right. Juju Smith-Schuster, are you in or are you out? You know, I think I'm in at all on all Chiefs receivers at cost. That's fair, just to see, because no one knows where they're coming, I'm, so their I'm prices are all a, pretty low. Yeah, I mean, I'm also in on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, it seems. Uh, I like Sky Moore a lot. I like Sky. MVS can't catch. He's the number one receiver there, receiving from Patrick Mahomes. I well, get he it. Catch a ball. He also I, was the I number one it. receiver for Aaron Rodgers. I got it, but I think there's going to be – but he wasn't the number one receiver for Rodgers. Last number year? Two. Uh, I guess, if, I mean, Adams. The was, was there. Adams there. But, but MVS, I like him a lot more in best ball because you're right. I think it's going to be inconsistent as hell. I think he's going to put up half of his weeks that are like good starting numbers and half of them he's going to dud out on. But the upside's there. And they he is actually the most expensive roster on the receiver. Sorry. He's the most expensive receiver on the roster. He's signed to a three-year, $33 million deal. He's making about four times a year what Juju is, which I think is interesting. Truly, the person who's going to get a, just a shit ton of targets is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, are you drafting Jalen Waddle? Just yes or no. Are you going to draft Jalen Waddle as ADP? No. Are you drafting Tyreek Hill as his ADP? No. Are you drafting any of those motley sort of running backs? Uh, I like Chase Edmonds at his yeah. ADP. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. He's going to get yards. He's going to get catches. I mean, He's going to get yards. He won't score touchdowns. You know what you're getting from Chase Edmonds. If you, want him off my dynasty, if you want me him off my dynasty team, you can trade me for him. You can take give me a second-round pick for him. Yeah. I tried to get Jonah because I know he's not going to listen to this to trade me Travis Algier in a second for Chase Edmonds. Oh, yeah, that would have been a robbery. Oh, that would have been such a good trade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just moved um, Tyler Algier and Ronald Jones for Brandon Ayuk. You do you, bro. You do you. You know? Yeah. And that's one of those trades we will find out in three years if that was worth it or not. But again, process is sound. It's a fifth yeah. round running back and a guy that can't, that's the third string on a good offense for mm-hmm. a first round wide receiver, right? Process is good. That is the more talented player in the NFL's eyes. Um, and potentially breakout, obviously, for both of them. But I'm going to bet on the first round talent profile. Well, my headset just died, so I missed the last half of that uh, conversation here. <laughs> and we uh, just hit our hour mark, so I am going to do my little sign-off for uh, Fantasy Football Fortunes really quick. Um, you guys, uh, the social media page will probably be up, by, and that's how you'll get the link to this page. Uh, please follow us, um, I'm a, or you'll hear, hear about it from word of mouth. But... 
Thank you all so much for coming to the Fantasy Footballers. Herman, it was cool talking to you. I'm going to let you do our little talk out. Good episode. I'll see you guys later. That was perfect, bro. No, good to good to finish up and uh, and yeah, have have a great preseason week three. We will uh, catch you next time. Catch beat.